How about those bombers, eh? Oh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers winning the Grey Cup for the first time since 1990, and that man finally put on pants. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. UMFM. Thank you for tuning in to Gamer Runs. My name is Neil Noonan, and alongside me, my homie, my brother, Sue Ridge Kanda. How you doing, my friend? We are champions, man. That's right. We. You said we. We. I'm I'm hopping on the train. It's never too late, even (laughs) even right now. Yeah, bombers, baby. Let's go. Never thought it would happen. As soon as I heard that podcast, uh, I I, I listened to the first five minutes of No Dunks, and I heard Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm like, this is going to play on our show. Yeah. He's going to play. <laughs> you I, know me too well. I, I, hey, I mean, how does it feel being a sports fan and having the Raptors win and then having the Bombers win? I want your perspective on this. It's a really good time for you as a sports fan. Yeah. You know, I think this is kind of the feeling that people from Boston have felt. Just spoiled. For the past decade or so. Yeah. <laughs> decade plus. So uh, it, It's been crazy. But yeah, like having... Having the two teams, I would say I grew up with watching, um, and that's excluding the Jets because the Jets didn't become ours until 2011. So these were really the teams, like the Raptors and the Bombers, I grew up watching. Like as as a kid, going to Bomber games, watching the Raptors uh, on TV. And to have them both win in the same year is going to be completely... I mean, I would have never forgot this year regardless because of the Raptors, but this is just icing on the cake because it was such a weird year for the Bombers. Uh, I think they started out 5-0, and lose their starting quarterback to a season-ending injury. Their best player, leading rusher, Andrew Harris, gets suspended for two games. They start losing, and the fact that we won the Grey Cup this year out of any of them is the most Winnipeg Blue Bomber thing Ever because we had to go through Calgary, who has destroyed us for the better part of a decade, Saskatchewan, who is I mean, what else, what else is there to say going <laughs> through Saskatchewan? And then you play the Tie Cats in the finals back out in Calgary in what looked like a freezing cold night. I mean, that's what the Great Cup is, but yeah, it's a very bomber Great Cup. And to have that in the Raptors in uh, in one year, man, it's spoiled. Feel really good. You know who this is for? This is for all your haters, Neil. <laughs> it is for all my haters. That's right. Because you're living, my man. Oh, man. Shout out to the haters. Shout outs to all Shout the haters. To the haters. I don't know if I can uh, say the words that uh, Harris said on TSN here in this booth. But you, can't, so but you can on our Apple Podcast, too, which will follow. Subscribe to us Very true. on Apple nice Podcast. plug, or, my friend. Or whatever podcast medium you use. Stitcher, Spotify, blah, 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 blah. People cast. are still stitching it up? You know what? It's just one of those ones I just grandfathered in. I guess so. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. Okay. We are a basketball show. We are an NBA show, so to speak. And... I did something yesterday that most sports fans, I would say, probably do daily, for sure weekly. And in the first month of the NBA season, this was actually the very first time I I took a look at the standings. Have you even looked at the standings? I want to say I have, but I don't distinctly remember looking at the standings. That is for sure means you haven't. Yeah. 
I want you to open it up right now. Okay. Uh, get it out right in front of you. Take a look at the standings. And I think the biggest thing is, I mean, we talk about the cliches on this show all the time as far as being a month in, your expectations, what has surprised you. And we're going to do just that exactly because we're just like any other show. But looking at the standings, I think the most jarring thing to me is that the East is exactly what we thought it was going to be. The West is all over the place. The Portland Trailblazers have the second worst record in the West right now. That's with All-NBA Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Hassan Whiteside. What sticks out to you at these standings now that you're staring at it? For me, it was the Blazers for sure. I mean, the Warriors, I definitely knew they were at the bottom knowing just how bad they've been. The Blazers completely shocked me because I I knew that they weren't having a good season, but that to me, in my mind, I kind of just put them around maybe like 8, 9, 10, like they were fighting um, to stay in that playoff picture. I didn't think they were that low. And then the opposite side of that, the Dallas freaking Mavericks, man. Luka Doncic, 11-5. and five. They have the third or sorry, the fourth best record in the West right now fighting for home court in the playoffs. It's early. We're about 15, 16 games in for a lot of teams. But, man, I'm going to leave the floor to you. Looking at these standings here, what sticks out? What surprises you? What team is what you thought it was going to be? What team isn't? Neil, in 2019, there's no energy that I like to harvest more (laughs) than big donk energy. And that's exactly what this season has provided to me. Uh, Luka Doncic is playing out of his freaking mind. And it... Almost seems as if, like, he hasn't played in an unrealistic way. I just took a look outside the station just to see if uh, station manager Jared is going to make that his NBA fantasy team name because it absolutely should. Yeah, the big uh, Badonka Donkiches or something. Oh, man, big Donk Energy. I love that. Yeah, um, but looking at it, the first thing I noticed was I looked at the very bottom um, of the Western. Classic glass half empty. Yes, uh, <laughs> but fit from uh, 10 to 15, Spurs, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Thunder, Trailblazers, Warriors, all those were playoff teams two years ago. Right. That's what's weird to me, how the, the narrative of the league has completely changed, and that's rightfully so given how many shuffles, how many decks, uh, whatever card uh, terminology you want to use, how much the league has changed. I'm all for card terminology. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, suits. Rounders, um, uh, great, f- 52 great cards, magic tricks, whatever. <laughs> um, anyways, the Lakers being at the top kind of makes sense. Uh, high profile, two of the best players in the world. I mean, I mean, it's still LeBron James. Super easy schedule as well. Extremely easy schedule. Uh, lots of um, lots of high media coverage, uh, national games, and you're going to want to show out more on those games. Also, they're just a much better team. Right? They look good. Man. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, I, I, I'm impressed that the Nuggets, even with an overweight Jokic... A fat Jokic. Yeah, uh, uh, fat Jokic. Fat Yokes! There's no body shaming here. <laughs> that's true, that's true, that's true. Except when you're an NBA athlete, and you are subject to how you arrive. You're paid millions of dollars yeah, yeah. to stay in shape. Yeah. You're paid millions of dollars to stay in shape. Yeah, uh, that's that's where uh, body shaming does come into effect on the show. Uh, this is not reflective of our viewings in society. This is a reflective of our viewings in 
NBA basketball. And Jokic came in overweight, and he's still bawling out of his freaking mind. So credits to him. Um, do what works best for you in life and in, you know, everything else. Um, and that's what Jokic is doing. Uh, I was talking with Jared a little bit. Uh, it says he has to bench Gary Harris for his fantasy team. No one wants to hear about fantasy. But are players underperforming on the team? Uh, I think it's a you have so many options. It's similar to the Celtics, the Clippers. Uh, it's a team with so many options that you could get away with players underperforming. And that's what I really like about the Nuggets. Um, and then my favorite team to watch is the Clippers. Especially now that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are both healthy. Um, as far as things that surprised me in the Western Conference, I thought the Rockets were a lot higher. They're currently sitting sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's still very early. Those guys could certainly go on a tear. But the coverage that James Harden has gotten for his like borderline like incomprehensible statistics this season, um, I, I thought they were doing a lot better because I haven't looked at the standings. But the amount of coverage that rightfully so he deserves and the Rockets deserve... Um, I thought they were sitting closer to the two or the three seed, and they're not far off. They're a couple loss, couple uh, losses away from actually being there. Um, as you said earlier, the East stands out exactly as we thought it did. Uh, one major surprise, I, the, I think you and I both thought the top four teams would be the Bucks, Celtics, Raptors, Sixers. No one saw the Heat being this good, and the Heat are currently sitting at third. It makes sense. Jimmy Butler seems like the most Miami guy you could get. Absolutely. Just born to play. Yeah. And uh, Miami. And it certainly makes sense with the uh, always wanting to win personality, the staff, the culture. Everything works. The chiseled body. The fact that he can handle his gummies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, man, sidebar, you see those Vice Wave jerseys? No, I saw the headline. Oh, Are they dude, nice? man. Okay, they, I mean, they obviously have a ridiculous colorway with this this whole Vice theme, but I, I, they, I went take pow- it. They, went, they went powder blue as the main. Oh, oh, these might be some of my favorite. They look super clean. Well, uh, if it's going on the retro wave and the Miami Vice looks, oh my God. That looks amazing. Yes, they do. Yeah, okay. That's uh if if a shoe comes in that colorway, I'm buying it. Yeah. Right? Like it's 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 such an enticing, appealing, almost candy like sort of uh colorway. They're my favorite vice jerseys now, which I am surprised to say because I liked the white and the pink so much. Yeah. Man. I like I like the alternate, mm. the black and the pink. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, and this yeah. is a they should, they should just go vice all year. They should be vice all year. They should just lean into it, uh, yeah. given the culture that they are. But um, Sidebar over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest surprise in the East to me. Without I, a doubt, yeah. I mean, that that team has had so many guys, I, I don't want to say overperform, because we really didn't know. Like, Kendrick Nunn and, and Tyler Hero, I think Hero had a lot of buzz coming in, because not only did he slay Summer League, but he's just one of those guys that is a complete gunner. He's a phenomenal shooter. He didn't. He's he's also one of those classic Kentucky guys that just didn't get to see all the opportunity that you normally would. But when you're playing on a team with five-star recruits, eh, you're not going to get the ball as much. Then you got Kendrick Nunn, who's coming from the G League, who's been incredible. Bam Adebayo is a top 10 center, objectively now. He is yeah. ridiculous. He is so good. Um, undersized, but phenomenal. And then, yeah, you, you, guys, you got guys like Jimmy Butler who are going to hold down the fort. And Justice Winslow hasn't even been playing. He's been out with a concussion for a long time. So that team is going to be there when it's all said and done. When I was looking at the East, I think the biggest thing um, that I noticed is that those eight playoff teams right now are almost exactly who I thought 
were going to be in the playoffs coming in. You got your normal your normal teams that we've talked about a lot, but I definitely thought Miami was going to be there. I I thought uh, Brooklyn was going to be better with Kyrie. Indiana would include in that kind of upper echelon of teams, especially when they're all healthy, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they've been playing without Brogdon lately. Uh, Oladipo still hasn't seen the floor. Mm-hmm. And then um, you got these teams that uh, you would think would be better, like the Pistons, that are just going to keep dropping. And Orlando, they're, I think they're holding on to the 8th seed right now. But, man, they got a lot of potential on that team. Isaac's been having a great year. Fultz actually might have a great bounce back year. When, when it's all said and done. So, yeah, I feel like the East is already almost shaken out to what we can expect uh, coming down the stretch in April. But. But. My Washington Wizards. Not my. The, <laughs> the Washington Wizards, Wizards. The Washington Wizards. <laughs> led by Thomas Bryant and Bradley Beal. Yes, Bradley Beal that I said I would take over Carmelo Anthony for my team. Has, take. Has the second best let me repeat this. Second best offense in the NBA. Do they have the second worst uh, defense? Maybe. Well, well, that's another story. But Their games are literally ending in the 140s. Yes. <laughs> it's insane. They have the second best offense. Everybody eats Neil Noonan. Beal over Mello. Stay mellow. Hey, I, I love Beal. Speaking of fantasy, he's the guy carrying the torch right now for my one in forty. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Believe in Beal. But, uh, yeah, hey, they got some guys playing on that squad, right? I mean, like, a lot of people were excited about Ruri. Uh, Hashimura. Yeah. You give it a try. Hashimura. You're so much better at pronunciations. Thank you. I have a hard-to-pronounce name. Uh, but they're they're getting... Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> With, like, nine different pronunciations, depending on who you're asking. True. Uh, Bertans, who they basically stole from the Spurs because Marcus Morris completely dinked them. Yeah. Um, is playing super well. You mentioned Thomas Bryan, who's a beast. Um, but, man, Maurice Wagner, also playing phenomenal. He was Give just, me some Mo. Yeah. I give me oh some God. Mo Mo. I mean, he's playing out of this world. A guy that was basically just kicked to the curb for Anthony Davis to come in for the Lakers. Just completely got rid of him. They're an exciting team. Um, yeah. When's Outside. the last time you've seen Scotty Brooks on your TV? <laughs> Isn't that funny? He's been, coach- oh. he's, been- <laughs> he's been coaching for like five years. Ooh, wow. <laughs> wow. It's been a while, I bet. 2018? Hey? It's- maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. Scotty Brooks still doing things. He is still doing things. I've seen him. I don't remember the last time I was- I might have heard him before, like, like the last time I've seen him. I might have heard him on a podcast. Miss that little guy, man. His he was a good dude. People like him. Hair. Yeah, I mean, he still is. He's yeah. not like he's gone. No, he's a he's, he's a good guy. He's just coaching Washington, but yeah, Washington sitting there. It at seems five like and he's nine. gone. It seems like he's gone. <laughs> yeah, right. He's just dead man walking. Straight up. I mean, um, he's in a uh, he's in a tough position. Like you said, the Pistons are dropping. Uh, the Magic were kind of in that playoff realm. Like. Um, what is I, I forgot who it was someone on the ringer I think wrote an article about the Wizards and how they've become the second best offense um, part of that is one finding the market inefficiencies that you mentioned like all these guys picked up off the scrap heap all these guys being able to score and play within their comfort zones and kind of uh, having a kind of like a democratic sort of perspective in terms of the ball like it everybody eats as a real thing Um I picked out one little stat from from that uh, little article on the Ringer. Thirty seven players have the ball in their hands more than Bradley Beal. 
But Bradley Beal is clearly the most important player on that team. That's a crime. 37 players That's in the league. That's a great stat. 37 players in the league have the ball more than Bradley Beal. That's a sad stat. That's crazy, isn't it? Oh, man, because that's... That means, okay, now I'm trying to think of, there. I think there's very obvious go-to guys on every team, right? So that would be 29 guys. There's yeah. eight guys that Who are, are the, second. the secondary ball handler on their team that get the ball more than Beal. Okay, Westbrook comes to mind right away. Yeah, who are the second guys? Anthony Davis or LeBron. I take it Paul George hasn't played enough games to count yet. Right, I agree with that for sure. LeBron James or Anthony Davis. Right. Yeah, you're right, you said. Um Oh god, Toronto Raptors. Who's their ma- Pascal? Uh, yeah, but Kyle's been out. Like, they, yeah. they, that's that's by committee for sure. Oh, this is fun. I wish we actually had the eight guys. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, the Celtics, it. it's completely spread out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's on the Suns or something. It's like Booker and Rubio or something. Lou Williams. Mm. You think? Do you think the Clippers might have Lou Williams and Kawhi? I don't know. Devontae See, Graham. This will be a fun uh, exercise. Ro- Rozier on uh, Charlotte. Yeah, well, we might Super have fun this, exercise. Yeah. We might have this for you next week. But yeah, um, that's that's one thing that really stood out to me: how the Wizards are actually at least figuring it out very well on one end of the floor, using analytics and using market inefficiencies, and that's what matters. Uh, speaking of market inefficiencies, someone also wrote, I think on ESPN, I think it was. Uh, Oh, I don't remember who. I apologize. Uh, but <laughs> They're not listening anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's all good. I also might have got them mixed up. I think the uh, Beal article might have been on ESPN, and the Donkic one would be on the Ringer. Um, but the Donkic one is about market inefficiencies and how rebounding wings are the biggest inefficiency. If you have a rebounding wing, chances are you're in a much better position. Um, this They're classifying Donkic as this rebounding wing? Yes, because okay. he's in the title, so it's insinuated that, like, Makes One of the guess. reasons he's doing extremely well is that he's a market inefficiency and in that he's averaging 11 rebounds a game. That's insane. Yeah. And he's like, he's able to initiate the play. The, the, if you look at it from the perspective of your other positions rebounding, um, your point guards could get trapped and your big guys could get delayed. Your wings could grab the ball and play make right from the jump. And they generally have the size to work it out into another play. So uh, they're in that perfect middle ground of having every every tool or asset to uh, lead your team to a more efficient possession. So um, all of that said, uh, to relay back to my original point, I'm all about that big Donkic energy. <laughs> <laughs> they look good, man. They they have so many guys that are just punching above their weight class right now. It's it's really interesting to see how um, how coach is using them all and. I mean, Porzingis isn't Porzingis yet, you know? Like, he's he's shown flashes, and he's had some bad games, but he's really kind of up and down right now. Imagine him coming back to full strength, shooting the lights out. Man, they're going to be a huge problem down the stretch. Regardless if, like, say they fall a little bit and they're, and they're fighting for that playoff race, they might not be the fourth best team in the league when it's all said and done. Didn't they push a championship team to seven games in the first round, and then and then there was no, there was no competition. It was after. the Spurs. Yeah, it was the Spurs, and then they cruised to a title after I that. Believe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they cruised to a title after that, which was pretty interesting. Or Rick, they, Rick Carlisle coaches the heck out of these teams, man. Or 2015, that was conference finals against the Warriors, if I'm not mistaken. I know what you're talking about. It was yeah. for sure the Spurs. That series you're talking about, Vince Carter corner three quarter, yes, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what year it was. I'm assuming it was 15 because it was the last thing. It could have been 2013, but yeah. 
but yeah, I man, the the Dallas Mavericks are for sure. I would say the bright spot of this early season. I actually I love what you're talking about with the Wizards as far as those market inefficiencies. Not just big wing rebounders, but finding these guys kind of off the scrap heap and giving them opportunities. Aren't those some of the most fun teams to watch? Like it kind of reminds me of Brooklyn last year. Yeah. Right? Or in the past two years kind of thing where if you think rebounding wings matter, think about Kawhi Leonard, think about Pascal Sackham, think about who won the title last year. That's right. Yeah. LeBron James there too. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, it absolutely matters. Um, but yeah, fi- finding these teams, finding guys and just letting them play. Regardless yeah. of this, their draft capital, um, how many people know about them, like guys like Devonte Graham coming in and completely outplaying a sixty million dollar point guard named Terry Rozier, oh yeah, stealing the starting point guard spot from him. I know they're starting both of them now, but I think that's one of the funnest parts of the first uh, month or so of the season is kind of seeing how these uh, rotations Who, are shaking out. Who's legit? Exactly, like the, Brad Wanamaker for the Celtics. Wanna who? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and now he's going to be starting tonight. I mean, for a scary injury from uh, Kemba, it's a good thing that uh, it seems like he's all good to go just yep. in next train after getting taken out on a stretcher. But I love watching these guys seemingly se- come out of nowhere. By semi-truck Ojale. Oh, my God. A great example. Terrence Davis yeah. on the Raptors. Yeah, I, 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 the Raptors I, I, are my favorite team, and I'm watching on Sportsnet. I'm like, who is this guy? Where did he come why, from? How is he killing it? And, right? Yeah, he's all of a sudden starting for Serge Ibaka, and he's a guard or whatever. Yeah. Oh man, I, I think it's one of my favorite parts of the early going for sure. Is just kind of seeing how things shake out for better or for worse, right? Because I think a lot of people were excited about the Hawks uh, lost six in a row. Yeah. They stink and are going to stink again. New York Knicks, everyone's just kind of waiting for Fisdale um, to, to get fired. The Pistons, I think a lot of people were high on, right? Blake Griffin decides not to start the season because he's injured. I shouldn't say decides. It's not his fault. Um, Andre Drummond, apparently, <laughs> now the Bob, uh, Bobcats. Oh, Hornets. Oh, yeah. Making him priority number one because that's exactly what they need next year. I didn't bat an eye when he said Bobcats. I'm like, yeah, go on. (laughs) Continue. Yeah. The Bobcats. So sad. Um, Lastly, I want to close quickly. Uh, I watched a... uh, The the one game that I watched front to back in this past week. Yeah. uh, Full full game. The full 48. Clippers-Celtics. Ooh, lucky you, man. Lucky you. It was very good. Title preview or what? Yes. Yeah, man. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard finally healthy together. Paul George looked very good. Um, and I didn't know, uh, Breen dropped a little nugget. Paul George's first choice when he was, uh, I think he was signed and traded toward the Thunder, right? He didn't just sign with the Thunder. He Correct. was signed Old and Debo. traded. Yes. His first choice was the Spurs. Right. He wanted to go of play with Kawhi. Yes. Um, turns out they were homies from a long time. Uh, I, that was loosely in the realm. I did. I just never heard it like... Vocalized. Oh yeah, that was passed around. All yeah. the uh, what does uh, Windhorse call them? Attributors? No. Oh, uh, aggregators. 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 Thank you. <laughs> um, one thing that really popped out. I love that transition threes with like six of the players on the court still behind you are a thing. Like Kawhi Leonard took like three of them, and I'm just like, oh, okay, this is sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no layups today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just the the aspect of like I, I'm I'm huge on uh, maybe it's the Star Wars geek in me. I'm huge on being a duelist or a gunslinger. Yeah, and uh, the bet my favorite players are generally either like defensive masterminds or gunslingers, guys who could just get buckets. The Lou Will realm, right? Right. right. Um, so watching Lou Will play these guys, I, Zach Lowe made a good point that. 
Uh, you have Kawhi and Paul George able to spot up, and then you could have Lou Will, Pat Beverly, and Montrez Harrell just run pick and roll, and everyone's so focused on the wings that you could, could just kind of get buckets with those three. That's a really fun aspect about that team. And then on the other end, you have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, two extremely intelligent wings, and you have like a Pat Bev mirror. You have Marcus Smart or you have Pat Beverly. Who do you want? Great Who do you beef, like? too. Yes, and it, it, they are incredibly good at ruffling feathers. And from there, it's a pick your poison. Uh, Ohm Youngmusik, uh, who, who wrote a piece on ESPN about Pat Beverly and how he basically, he either could have been selling drugs or he could have made the league. Thankfully, he made the league. Um, I don't like that uh, Youngmusik uh, referred to uh, cannabis as marijuana. That's a slander term. Don't use that term. Um, but yeah, uh, Pat Bev used to sell drugs, but uh, uh, to, to feed the bills and uh, you know uh, pay the bills and you know like uh, help his family. Uh, you had to do what you had to do, and then he finally got uh, the overseas call. But he was called in that point guard, Dennis Rodman. And I thought, that's the best way I've heard Pat Beverly explained. Point guard, Dennis Rodman. I think that's overly... I think that's giving him a real nice benefit of the doubt, though. I feel like... I don't know. I I fall on the Marcus Smart side of this debate. Oh, I do too. Who's better? I, I fall I, on the Marcus Smart side as like one more likable. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, a better player, better body built for defense, and he's finally hitting threes and making plays without a doubt. Yeah, I just like the the slander that comes out from other players about Pat Bev makes me overthink. Oh, he he's been canceled in my mind since the Westbrook thing. Yes, since he dived into true. his knees. Yeah. Um, Marcus Smart also prone to diving, not nearly as documented, um, but also. One who understands like injuries, part of the game. Uh, he understands protection uh, in some realm. Uh, he's an extremely likable, personable guy. Um, he's a market inefficiency, without a doubt. I, I actually want to continue talking about this on our podcast episode. So continue listening if you're listening to us on your favorite uh, podcast catcher. If you're listening to us live on 101.5 UMFM, go to your favorite podcast catcher, search Gamer Runs, and you can listen to the rest of this episode. I definitely want to talk about uh, the proposed changes coming to the Ooh. NBA, maybe down the road in-season tournament, play-in games for the playoffs. Lots to talk about, uh, but if you're not going to join us, enjoy the rest of the week in the NBA. We'll talk to you later. Game of Runs is officially inbounds. Hey! Oh! Hey! <laughs> oh! For those who don't know, um, you you were the uh, you were the primary voice for Basketball Manitoba's uh, scorekeeper official videos. People have been dying to know <laughs> who is the voice. <laughs> the the streets have been asking my guy, <laughs> teaching me how to use this scoreboard. And you've uh, yeah you've uh, you just uh, did some revisions for Basketball Manitoba, and uh, those will, those are already active if I'm not mistaken. Yes, or, they are, live. baby. FIBA rules are live here in Manitoba. So if you uh, if you ever wanted to learn how to be a minor scoreboard official, <laughs> please visit basketballmanitoba.ca or youtube.com slash basketballmanitoba. You got it, man. Yeah, I still got it. You got, got it. it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Um, I would uh, recite a line, but I forgot it all. Cool, man.
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and that was the show. <laughs> and we back from Mellow Mondays, man. Things always get crazy in the stew. But literally, before we just turned on the mics, we finished the ten minute version of that Clippers Celtics game we were just talking about. And dude, that's game of the year so far. Yeah, it was a it was a must watch in terms of uh, being a per- a possible finals matchup, without a doubt. And the sheer talent and coaching level on the floor. Yeah, like there's really there wasn't a bad player on the floor, which I think I think it's Tim McMahon that has that kind of rule that like good teams don't play bad players. Which it, sounds easy. Yeah, but uh you'd be surprised with four hundred and fifty of the best basketball players in the world. There's going to be some variance between the best of the best and the ones that are not the best. But when you have a team that you can put out seven, eight, nine guys that are all quality NBA players. It, and this was exactly two teams coming together and doing that. I would love to see this as a finals. Uh, two teams that uh, stylistically match really well. Uh, one thing that I did mention uh, when we were watching it back is that I really hope the Celtics are able to upgrade that five position because uh, Daniel Tice, I think, is a fantastic backup guy. Like, if he's one of your three bigs, fantastic. I think Cantor is also in that role. And having both of them kind of swap between center minutes, it's not the best look. I mean, I'm dying to know what this team would look like with Horford on it. I mean, it's almost like a cheat code. They'd be unreal. That would be uh, the pipe dream. That's really what it would take to make this team like, oh, this is a surefire number one, which is weird because last year, that's what we saw the Celtics as. Sure. It's a close to surefire number one. So uh, who would have thought swapping out Kyrie for Kemba would be the move that, like, you know, it didn't change too much as long as you still had Al Horford. And the team doesn't really have, like, do you think Daniel Tice is a bad player? No. So it doesn't fail that rule. It doesn't fail the Tim McMahon. But right. do you think Daniel Tice... You don't think Daniel Tice is a finals-level player? A guy exactly, could, yes. A, a guy who could be playing 24 minutes on a championship team. Without a doubt. And I think this is this is a great comparison to the Raptors last year. I think Masai saw that in Jonas. Like, is is Jonas going to be the guy that's going to be locking down Embiid? Is going to be going up against Horford? Is going to be guarding... I mean, he was hurt at the time, but like Draymond Green and uh, DeMarcus Cousins, all these guys, right? Like there are players that are good NBA players, and then there's these finals players, right? It's something that Simmons has actually brought up before. It's like, can I see this guy on the floor in a final series? And uh, Tysus does not get there. I don't know who that trade target is, and I also don't know who they would actually want to trade now because I think the two Js... Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are phenomenal. Another Bill Simmons take, I love how he called them the JV version of Kawhi and Paul George because that's exactly what they are. It is the B-race version of them. Without like, that's a doubt. the most spot-on thing I could have heard. I just can't help but think of them in like grade 10 trying to play up against the grade 12 seniors, you know, that are yeah. just balling out. Like that famous scrimmage between uh, the Dream Team and uh, exactly. the, the next... Like, yes. It's kind of like that, where it's like, oh, these are two bona fide superstars. No doubt. And then it's, oh, these two cats are high draft picks supposed to be stars. So it, it it's kind of cool seeing that. And the cooler thing is that it relates to them on more than a like, lanky, intelligent wing scale, right? Like it just in terms of like basketball intelligence and how these guys like to operate on the court 
it, it, it's really cool. Yeah, without a doubt. So see, seeing a final series would be with would be great with these guys. But yeah, if if they can make a trade out there for the Marcus Hall of trades, you know, I don't. You know what? Could it actually be Marcus Hall? Uh, the Raptors shouldn't be committed to Marcus Hall, but they do. I think want to chase home court advantage as they should. Be interesting, yeah. And I just remembered the point that I was trying to make before I got so excited about the JV comment <laughs> is uh, I'm not even sure if I'm the Celtics who I'd want to trade now because before I think the idea of Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart not being on the team and getting someone like Anthony Davis or Paul George or Kawhi, all the guys that we've been talking about, sounded really good. But these guys are playing so well right now. Besides the Daniel Tice thing that I mentioned, uh, watching the this 10-minute clip back, the other guy that popped right off the screen was Marcus Smart. I mean, he looked unbelievable. <laughs> and we were joking, too, about how in, in my GM in 2K, this is exactly what happens when you just send your guys to camp over the summer, that they get better at everything. Marcus Smart literally is a better passer, shooter, rebounder, and defender this year, playmaking. Like, he is such a better player than he was in 2018-19, that I don't even know if he's a trade ship anymore because he's on a phenomenal contract. You know what camp he got sent to? The untapped potential. Yeah, baby. That's the only one worth going to. (laughs) You get that B- minus to an A. Woo! That's the most 2K reference we've ever made. That's very true. Yeah. um, For those who don't know, if you choose... Uh, sending your, your young draft pick to the untapped potential camp. It raises their untapped potential, which ultimately determines what level player they become. Uh, when you draft a player, you see their potential rating, and generally you want to draft closest to A-plus that you can. Most of the time you can't. So if you get a B, B-plus player, or C-plus player, you want to improve that player's ceiling, send them to untapped potential, and it gives you the opportunity to improve on everything and have your player become more than what you want works every time yeah Yeah. every time that's what marcus smart went to absolutely and it and it's showing like they they have a really fun team and i think marcus smart's definitely able to show his improvements a lot more right now with uh with gordon hayward out who was more or less their point forward i mean kemba walker is obviously doing his thing right he's he's playing as much pick and roll as possible but gordon hayward i mean he was averaging five six assists right and uh it's a very democratic offense that they play and I think that's what they wanted to do last year but uh, Kyrie I mean it's been beaten like a dead horse but it is a different player than Kemba Walker yeah so yeah I I love the Celtics team I would love to see them with a couple trades uh, and what they would look like in June but man I'm all in on this finals if it ends up happening would you rather watch uh and I'm gonna word this very carefully would the would you rather watch Kyrie Irving or would you rather watch the Boston Celtics Ooh, man. Kyrie is special, and I think people are easily forgotten of the, how special he is. The magic that he's uh, he's done in playoffs, specifically in uh, those 2016 finals. I mean, he is not only a, a great basketball player, but he's a performer. You know, he he's flashy, but in all the right ways, not like in a in a turnover prone way. Uh, he's so clutch. He comes up in all the big moments. You can give him the ball whenever. He can make shots on any part of the floor. Um, it's it's probably not the right take for today, being late November. Yeah. But I'm going to take Kyrie for sure. 
Uh, he is a lot of fun to watch when you don't think of him. It's like listening to Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like, I don't want to think about who wrote this, but yeah. this is an incredible <laughs> album. You just That's a good take. You just don't think of what yeah. Kyrie is off the court. And you're like, oh, this is incredible. <laughs> That's a really good take. Um, and that follows into the realm of uh, can you separate the art from the artist? Right. And uh, as KD said it best, He's kind of like an artist. You kind of just got to leave him alone. He is. I think that's one of KD's greatest takes. That is. And it has you look at Kyrie Irving, who's possibly an Illuminati Freemason. uh, Something. Or just flat out dealing with some serious mental health issues. Or has a condo in Peru. Maybe it's all three. Possibly, yes. Um, but that 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 is one of Katie's greatest takes and one of the most relatable takes and beautiful dark twisted fantasies. There's no better analogy for Kyrie Irving that I've heard <laughs> in 2019. So you're I'll, welcome, I'll, man. <laughs> I'm going to give you one of your few credits here because uh, that was very well done. Uh, Kyrie's currently out. Psych. It was a trick question. Kylie, uh, Kyrie's cur- currently out with a uh, shoulder injury. If I'm not saying. Right. Um, so Spencer Dinwiddie has been uh, leading the charge for the Nets. But as soon as Kyrie returns, I think people will be you know reminded why. He's such a treat off the court. I mean, on the court. Yeah, without a doubt. Also uh, off the court. Yeah. I mean, teach their own. Headlines. Teach their own. Uh, a, a nice transition, actually, from, from this to what I really want to talk about is the idea of these big changes coming in the NBA. And one of the biggest changes in this article that uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe uh, dropped a couple days ago is the idea of the final four teams in the NBA come June or late May are reseeded. Now, this can make, say, I think the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets in 2018 were probably the best example of this, where they were two, they were clearly the two best teams in the league. Bar none, everyone thought that was the finals. Like a lot of people said that out loud. That was the highest talent matchup. Yes, exactly. And then out east, you had LeBron in his last year with the Cavs, and then you had these baby Celtics. So, oh, the little itty bitty woody baby Celtics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like a baby Yoda, like a little itty bitty woody baby baby Celtics, little, little, little process, little rebuild, and you know, wet Stevens, and you muck it smart. Sorry. And you know what? Tatum's face looks exactly the same. I didn't know you had that voice in you. Yeah, you know, I got to pull it out here and there. But that year would have been reseeded where it would have been the Warriors on top probably taking on the Celtics in the, I don't even know what you would call it, A-side finals, the 1-4 side finals. Yeah. And then you would get the 2 and the 3 seed being uh, Houston and Cleveland go up against each other to give the possibility of Warriors and the Rockets going at each other in the finals. That sounds great now, especially in a year like this year when the idea of having an all-LA Finals is super tantalizing. Yeah. I want to go through all four of these, or sorry, all three of the proposed changes one by one to get your take because we we actually haven't talked about this off here at all. This one, the top four seeds getting reseeded, going into the not Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals, but more or less the semifinals of the entire NBA. What say you? The last matchup before the finals, there's there's four teams remaining, and they will be reseeded according to record. Exactly. Regular season record. It sounds amazing. It sounds so common sense. Okay, you're all in, it sounds like. I didn't know if you are sarcastic or not. No. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, what's, what's the issue with, oh, I'm, they're in the East. Is that an issue? I don't know. I mean, like, you can, you can bring things up. About- don't, I, don't you dare say travel time. 
Stop. No, 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 no. I'm, okay. o- I'm over the travel time thing. Thank but you. Uh, but the idea of if if you if you still have conferences, uh huh, and then you completely ignore them in literally the most important games of the season. Yes. Then why? Wh- it almost seems like a half measure. No half measures. Absolutely no half measures. No half measures. I feel like you would maybe not abolishing conferences in the whole thing, but if if you're playing double the amount of games against your own conference and then you go through three rounds or two rounds, I guess, of playing your own conference and then all of a sudden it just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. That that would be my biggest gripe with the entire thing is that I think if you if you the idea is to do this to get the two best teams into the finals, why not get the 16 best teams into the playoffs and just abolish the East versus West playoff structure that there is now? That would be my concern. But at face value, as of right now, like if we could just do this this year, let's do it. Yeah. You're not going to curve meth usage by just providing more needle disposal areas downtown despite how hard they try yeah despite how hard you try you kind of need to get at the deeper issue of why people are doing meth and why they're put in these positions where they're enticed to do meth it's it's a side i didn't know you were gonna go but uh, to to reroute that back to the (laughs) nba schedule and conferences uh there's a greater issue and that greater issue is why we can't make common sense changes Tell me more. I'm intrigued. That greater issue is that conference scheduling is dumb as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's the stupidest fucking thing of all time. Yo, that explicit tag is uh, getting its working right now. Why do why why does one team travel time? (laughs) (laughs) You asked for it, man. (laughs) But my 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 uh, my miles traveled. No, it doesn't matter. What matters is that like one team gets to play uh, like the bottom four teams in the East way more, and one team gets to play what the the death blood in the West, right? Like that's the main issue. Uh, th- there's an imbalance of strength of schedule already. If you change the schedule, you have to accommodate for playing teams evenly. Ideally, uh, I I've said this for years. My favorite scheduling is English Premier League. English Premier League, you play a home and away. There's 20 teams, so you face 19 other teams. One home, one away. You have 38 games. That's it. Right. Then you have a champion. Oh, also, you want a midseason tournament? They have the FA Cup. They have Champions League. They have other tournaments, and that allows their younger players or their specific uh, squads that they have for that to shine as well. So you get more development, you get more play, uh, you get less games, and that's why they're not doing it. TV rights, money, that's the systemic issue keeping the league from actually making fundamental common sense changes for the betterment of basketball on the floor. Whew! Yeah, cigarette. Hey, hey, I'm on fire, baby. Oh, are you ever? And you know what? I think that's exactly what Adam Silver thinks as well like i think he's he said enough things publicly when relating to soccer overseas how that there's a lot of things that he wants to take from their success and so to speak copy them yeah right and and bring it to the nba yeah and everything you just said i think is exactly what he would love to do i think the biggest challenge is now is going to the owners and saying yeah 
if we go from 82 games to say 58, like this would be the premier exactly. thing, right? You Perfect. Play, you play every team home and home, which I think is in in the perfect world, a perfect season, right? Yeah. How do you go to the owners and saying, okay, so we're going to have, you're going to have significantly less gate money, but we're going to make up more money here, here, and here. I think that's what they're working out right now. And the proposal right now is to drop it to 78 games. Again, that's not even a half measure. That's like a teensy little weensy measure. Even if you add, um, let's say there's 15 teams per conference, right? Uh, so 58. Yep, plus 14 teams that you would face. Let's say you were to play each team home and away, and then it's split uh, home and away depending on the year. Um, you get to play everyone in the Eastern Conference one more time. Right. So I think you, that's 72? Exactly. Yeah. Your math is correct and better than mine. Um, no, I've also just thought about this as well. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but you would be cutting the season by 10 games. Players would be better rested. You'd virtually eliminate back-to-backs. Yes, I think you would. Because I think most teams have less than five back-to-backs now this season. I think it's even less than like three back-to-backs or something. Yeah, and it's still it's still ridiculous that's happening. And no matter what, uh, I've gotten in tons of arguments uh, with, uh, I call them old heads. Um, boomers. Yeah, it, it's a very okay boomer discussion I tend to have. Uh, because I, for one, am a fan of present state basketball. Why? Because I live in the present. Two, because in my subjective opinion, the league is in a better state. It's in a more talented, more athletic state that allows players and teams to uh, showcase their uh, their talent, skills, scouting, um, and market inefficiencies, as we spoke about earlier, in a way that the league could not allow for many decades. And yes, has it has it sullied your great game of basketball? Okay, great. Go watch NCAA. <laughs> go watch FIBA. FIBA is legit. Like, go watch EuroLeague. That's real basketball. So is the NBA. And the style of play, yes, it's very different. Three is more than two. Uh, pace and space matters. Uh, small ball matters. There's no, uh, there's no giant big mans of old. Uh, there, there's giant big men of new. And those players are phenomenal. Uh, Joel Embiid, Carl Towns, Anthony Davis. These are all products. Chris Epsberg, these are all products of the current state of basketball. And what would lead you to a better current state of basketball is giving these players the rest that they deserve, um, the, the amount of basketball they've put, the mileage they have on their bodies is more than previous years. You, you practice smarter, but you, you play harder nowadays and you're going to allow players to basically you're putting them in a better position to succeed isn't that we should what we should be doing for all aspects of society and not just basketball right yeah without a doubt uh super well said ben i i think it's one of those like it's the owners thinking of it or having to think of it as taking a step back but ultimately going multiple steps forward right where people are afraid to take that step back. Yes, and it, it's tough because if you're an owner, ideally you're in it for the long haul, right? But it might just be a toy that you want to... <laughs> you just going to become a, a reseller? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one here, one there. But if you're in for the long haul, then ideally this this would make much more sense for you. Maybe some are in it for resell but i think investment at that price point people are in it because it's probably the most expensive but one of the most fun luxury luxury items in the world right is to own a sports team 
But yeah, they're going to have to swallow losing some gate money to make any dramatic changes. I love the idea of a 58-game season. Can you imagine if that Celtics-Clippers game was one of two games that they will ever face all regular season against each other? And that was like a marquee game on a Wednesday, Thursday night where there's only like two games on. Like, you would, We would almost get like TNT Thursdays every day. Yeah, that you could you could improve your ratings in in a world where like cable cutting is becoming more and more prominent uh but you now have streaming you have new ways that you could exploit these matchups one of which as you just alluded to is having far more marquee matchups every single day and uh, of course you could plan strategically you could avoid the super bowl date you could boy avoid a uh, major major occasions right right and um you could really have something. You have, what's the game of the night? And if you have a game of the night, that means there will, NBA Twitter will be awake every single day. Without a doubt. And, I mean, NBA Twitter's always awake because sometimes there's 13 games in a night. But And eight, sometimes you don't need a game to have media. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I just no. mean NBA social media. Yes. No, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying. I think, it's, I think the game of basketball would be more enjoyed as well because... With 13 games going on at any one time, the headlines don't become about the game very often, you know? And I think if there's only two or three games on, like those are like Thursday nights are when I watch the best basketball because usually they're marquee teams, but you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And you could sit down and like, I'm watching this Clippers Celtics game. I'm going to watch the full 48 and really appreciate it. And no other game in the world is going on right now, right? So there would be a much more intense focus on the game, which I think we've got super far away from. Yeah. And, oh, man. You know who I got another issue with? These ticket resellers. <laughs> Fuck you, SeatGeek. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any ads uh, for these guys. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Fuck those little green dots in the stands. Yeah, straight up. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's another thing. Like, you need to find ways to exploit the market because um, that's the nature of business. Whether or not it's ethical um, is certainly a whole gray area question. Um, but these seem like common sense ways to exploit the market. Um, you will make up revenue uh, in lost gate money by placing a greater emphasis on the product as an improved product. Yeah, I mean, that's the rational thought, right? But going to all these billionaires and trying to tell them to change their mind when they have billions of dollars on the line. I mean, that that's really tough. And Adam Silver's in a tough spot because he definitely wants to innovate. He wants to grow the game. He was trying to see into the future and plan for the future. But you got 30 people that uh, got a lot of money in this and want to make sure that they're not losing anything that, uh, that they spent. So one of three, you're all in on this first one, it sounds like. The the top four teams in the league get rerouted to make sure that the one versus four, and we might get two Western Conference teams, two Eastern Conference teams in the finals. All good on that. A-plus. All right. This one I don't feel like is going to be an A-plus for you. But the second proposal includes a mid-season tournament that would actually be starting right around now. So the proposal would be the tournament would happen right after the Thanksgiving Day weekend. We're like 40 days in. Yeah, mid-season, baby. But How long would the season last? I mean, this tournament last. This tournament, I will break down. Okay. So divisions come back into play. Okay. 
So there would be a small little tournament within your division that would be included. All the itty bitty witty <laughs> tournament in my division. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Okay. Yes. You would play all of your division rivals. So <laughs> rivals. You would play the teams in your division, okay. and the best team out of your division wins. And these games would actually be included on your regular season schedule, but they would also be part of this tournament. So they would be. So it's a point system in that. Exactly. Okay. Yes. And then the the best team of this uh, division will move on to the round of eight, where the two best teams that weren't division winners. So there's six division winners, and then two of the best teams kind of like wild card in football and baseball, yep. would also make this 18 tournament. These eight teams would uh, would play to win the Silver Cup, as some are calling it, which I think is a, actually a pretty dope name. Um, it insinuates second place, but I like having something named after Adam Silver. It, exactly, right? So it, it, it kind of hits uh, both sides there. And so these eight teams would go at it, and it would be a do-or-die uh, tournament, yep. and the winning team would win loads and loads of money. And that would happen right around now. Literally after this weekend. It would be next week would be starting the Silver Cup. What was that? Uh, was it the tournament of Heron Hall where uh, that happened right before the show? You got it. Yep. Hey. Some An inciting t- incident, someone might say. Yes. Uh, some would uh, Some would also say uh, it's fucking, it, it pays to win those tournaments, man. Like, no, yeah. Like, yeah. To, it, you it, had a big ba- bag of coin. Ab- absolutely. And I think that's that's the main draw. Like, if there's a true tournament of riches in the middle of the season, I'm kind of for that because that's bombastic. So, th- so that's the league literally saying, "Guys, we got bags." Yeah, just, like, <laughs> that'll be so fun. It would be interesting. This, like, what what is that number? Put I, your money where your mouth is. How how fun does that sound? What, it's, it's Mortal Kombat. Okay, so what is that number that not only gets people excited of as far as like oh winnings, right? Like you, you see these million dollar uh, lottery things or whatever not only get people excited, fans excited, but teams excited being like, we want that bag. That bag matters to let LeBron James play 40 minutes in these three games in a row to win this bag. What is that number? A uh, 33% bonus of your salary cap number. Wow. Okay, so it it matters how much you actually make. Well, think about it this way. If you win the tournament, the salary cap is $110 million. You add basically what thirty seven on this mental math thirty seven million uh, in bonuses to your team, guaranteed, bang, uh, and it will be uh, it will be portioned or rationalized, uh, uh, rationed off depending if you got cut or you joined the team midway through. But imagine that that that's no that's no small chunk of change thirty six million dollars. What about They're, one billion dollars? <laughs> you want to know some crazy math? You, you're what, you're in your late twenties. Yes. Okay. Uh, you got a essentially ninety-seven to one hundred two thousand, depending if you're twenty-six to twenty-nine. Every single day of your life, you had to make about ninety-seven to one hundred thousand dollars a day to get to a billion dollars. <sighs> I'm not there yet. No, you're not. You're not. You're <laughs> no. telling me you're not earning ninety-eight thousand dollars a day. Uh, um, not right now. Yeah. So that's that's the concept of a billionaire and why it's hard to change billionaires' minds, as we were talking about earlier. Right. But um, one billion dollars does sound nice, but we're not Doctor Evil. I think it'd have to be related to the money you already make, or it would have to be a nice even flat number. If there's sixteen players per roster, make it like forty-eight million, three million dollar bonus for everyone or something. But I. I, I I think it would be rationed off to your contribution to the team, which relates to the salary cap. 
D- what is there? Oh, any- it's your Terry Terry Rozier. I'm sorry. That was he's low blow. Uh, that was very low blow. He's not listening. It's okay. Is there any other incentive that would possibly make sense for this besides just bags? Uh, buy in the first round. Okay. What if the Suns win it? <laughs> you weren't expecting that, were you? What if a team just comes out of nowhere? Um, what if it's automatic? Not a automatic eight seed. If you're not if you're not in the playoffs, but you won the tournament and you, you're the 10th seed, you get a bid no matter what. You get the eight seed. So what if the Lakers get an automatic bid? Do they just sit there, guys, until April? And <laughs> they just, just screw off. They the just bid. come in. It's <laughs> like twenty and sixty-two, and yeah. just rage at the end. Well, you get a first round buy, so they could come as come in as the eight seed, or they could come in as a two seed or three seed and just not play the six seed. You automatically eliminated them. Interesting. So where would that other playoff team come from? Uh, I don't mean to just whittle down your ideas. No, but, no, but I am. This is good because like, you're forcing me to think through it. Well, because there's so, like NBA players make so much money, right? I'm I'm really trying to think of what is going to make LeBron play really, really hard on December first. Yeah, this would be something like it that he would be able to get two weeks off or a week and a half off in the middle of the playoffs. Um, if he if the Lakers are the third seed and they win this tournament, I wouldn't say the sixty is eliminated. I say whoever was the eighth seed is eliminated. Gotcha. And then okay. they just don't, the Lakers just don't play the first round. Right. But it's still seeded, um, you know, five, six, seven rather than six, seven, eight. So um, I, I like the idea of that. I think it's cool. I think it's very luxury and bombastic, and it's the NBA actually stunting so hard. I think it's much less realistic. Yeah, um, it it really does. It doesn't seem like it's the out of the three ideas. We'll get to the next one soon. This one seems the least likely and the most like unwarranted. You know, yeah. like is are people really asking for this, or is it really just to try and shake things up and get yeah. people excited and have something else to talk about? You know, like would the players care, and how could you make them care? Exactly, and they, they the NBA said this uh, in I don't think it was an actual release. It must have been an interview or something saying that. It's hard to make anybody care about something right away when it doesn't have a lot of history, yeah. right? The uh, No Dunks podcast where they had a phenomenal entire hour episode just about um, these three ideas. And I think it was Skeets I was saying is that no one cared. I shouldn't say no one, but people didn't care as much about the first NBA championship as they do about the NBA championship now because there's a lot of history. Uh, the players that have won it have become icons and in the Hall of Fame and all these kind of things. So it carries a lot of weight. The first silver cup might not mean a lot. So where does that come from? Is it the money incentive? How much is that going to be? You mentioned some sort of playoff incentive. Is it is it a draft incentive? You know, it's, it's interesting because there's so many parties that you have to... Yo, 20% odds at the first pick. Oh, so the best team in the league. Say like the say if the Lakers or the Clippers win the Silver Cup and they get they automatically get put in the lottery. Let's just let's just fantasy GM like Wow. Yeah, why not, man? What that, if it, what if the Raptors got Zion then last year? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> just, ooh. Your eyes just went straight to the back ooh. of your skull. <laughs> Neil Neil almost watched me pass out. Whoa. <laughs> That would be pretty lit. Like that would be like, that would be one of those proposed rule changes in 2K 
Yeah. That, that, that gets, <laughs> yes. It gets rejected like 27 to 3. And, then and you're you like, it. override. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's so crazy that it would never happen. But what is something that incentivizes, in, incentivizes players and teams and coaches and staff and the whole organization yeah. to actually win this exactly and it's, that's it's, a tough question it's a super tough question um i think i think money is probably the best answer we have now the next question obviously is i love how it. much yeah i love a tournament idea just to get paid do they put a big bag above or below the jumbotron center court like they would a big briefcase and, and like, uh, <laughs> like money Rumble? in the bank yeah <laughs> imagine imagine how hard James Harden would play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like these dudes want to get paid, and yes. this will get you paid. Imagine if um, the concept of loyalty has to come in, and you kind of want to stay somewhere, but you're not sure that they could pay you uh, the money that you want, and you know uh, you're seeing greener pastures on the other side because you're about to get a bag, even though it might not be as good of a basketball position. Right. But you get paid at this, and you're just like, you know what? I might be good here. Yeah. Like, I'm getting much more life-changing money than I thought earlier, and I'm about to sign a contract. And you know what? You hear It's easy to forget that these players do get paid bi-weekly, like most of the human race. Yeah. Can you imagine? First and like, 15th, I baby. Think the, I think the incent- incentive of getting a bag right up front, I love how we just keep calling it a bag. Imagine you just get a five, $5 million check. And you're you're someone you're a rookie coming in and you're like oh my god like that's that's life changing money right away straight up 30, 30 to thirty six million tie it to the salary cap or give everyone two to three million yeah I like I like giving I like giving everyone the the same amount of money like I I like the idea of uh, this was a team effort Caruso and LeBron getting the same amount of money because LeBron is going to want to win it for Caruso I like that I like that that's you know? better instead of uh. The rich get richer. Yeah, you know? uh, I like that. That's so good. it's going to be really interesting. This one specifically and how it goes down the pipe. One one thing I wanted to add that really doesn't have anything to do with this, but it's kind of on the same same idea of like league changes. I love the idea of fixing the All Star Game with making a state versus state tournament. Oh, or a city versus city state give me, tournament. Give me give me a Texas California something like that, right? Like imagine. Imagine, say, the the people that are born in L.A., right? The Hardens, the Westbrooks and stuff like that. Imagine L.A. gets the vote for their best five or six or something, and they, they get to represent L.A. in this, like, midseason. Not all, it could be All-Star. It most likely would be replacing the yeah. All-Star. But you want to get guys playing that much harder? Frick, take, take the East and the West off their chest. Put L.A. on their chest. Like, I'm repping my hometown kind of thing. That would be sick. Right? Because it, it would take you out of your team's jersey. You're always in your team's jersey. Yes. Or your country's jersey. If you could rep your state, the place you're from, that's a, that's a whole new meaning. Guys right? would like, ball out. Yeah. They would ball out. And also, like, keep the team world. Keep team world. Yes. Oh, without a doubt, right? There would be, like... Well, I would even say we're at a point where there could be... You could do tournaments. It would almost be like World Cup, but yeah. instead of World Cup, it would be World Cup with the states individualized inside it, right? Yeah. Instead of a super USA team, there would be a bunch of different cities. Yeah. That'd be really, really cool. I just think that they would play really hard to rep their city. Yeah. I wonder if we could see like FIBA stretching like... like this dude's dad is French, so he's going to play for the French team even though he lived his whole life in the States. Like, right. I, I wonder how much, like, state stretching we'd see. Yeah, that would, it would be really cool. Yeah, and there's... And who, team Canada? Absolutely, yeah. Would love it. Wiggins, Jamal Murray. Let's go. Olenek. 
Why not? Just kidding. Uh, Kem Birch. Uh, Who'd be our... Barrett. Barrett. Oh, yeah, Barrett. Barrett's nice. Anyways, uh, what's the third one? Last one. Uh, uh, you know the rating for that one? It needs work, so I'll give it a B. Okay, okay, okay. Last one. Uh, some may know it as Bill Simmons' entertaining as hell tournament. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a little reduced version of that where the idea of the seven, eight, nine, and 10 seeds in each conference, so four teams, the top six in every conference would automatically make the playoffs. The seven, eight, nine, and 10 teams would play a mini tournament to get those spots. Now listen closely because it's a little confusing how this would work. Seven and eight would play each other first and nine and 10 would play each other after. The winner of seven, eight, automatically in, they play one game, they're in, they get the seven seed. 9 and 10, they play. The winner of that gets to play the loser of 7 and 8. So the lo- so whoever doesn't get the first trip in, they get knocked. It's almost like a round robin with, with them where they go into the consolation game, and if they win that, they're at least the 8 seed. Exactly, yes. So this gives this gives incentive for the 7 and 8 seed. They get at least two chances. For seeding. Exactly, yeah. to make these playoffs. But this also gives 9 and 10 a chance to win two games and make their playoff bid. It is one game. It is at least, at minimum, one game of gate revenue for the 10th team that they wouldn't have had. And these would be extra games that they've talked about why reducing the, the league to 78 games would allow for teams to max out at 83 games if they're, say they win the Silver Cup and they play those extra three games and they play two extra um. Yeah, if they played or they played one of the two extras, I guess playoff games like that. The most they could play is eighty three games. Does that make sense? Yes. Um. So that would be the reason to reduce uh, down to seventy eight. But at face value, four seeds, seven, eight, nine, ten, all go at it. Couple of games. This would be like right at say the mid April kind of thing at the end of the regular season. I think it'd be great TV. It would probably be a weekend event on both sides. What do you think? The best thing about it is that it incentivizes being the ninth and tenth seed. Right. So that rather w- than being at the back end of the lottery, like you get a chance to actually get four playoff game gates or and these extra gates as well, right? Imagine this was implemented this year and LeBron James and Anthony Davis were like, Man, screw this. We're gonna be the tenth seed. Like we're gonna come in and we're gonna guaranteed win and get in as the eighth seed and take on the toughest take on the toughest road from there. Um I wonder how many teams would strategically work the seven, eight, nine, ten seed. I want to know how they would exploit it because it's a franchise's job to try and find as many exploits as possible. Well, it's funny you brought this up. I mean, Anthony Davis wasn't on the team last year, but think about this. So last year in the Western Conference, it would have been the Spurs at the seven and the Clippers at the eight play each other, and then the Kings at the nine playing the Lakers at the ten. Oh, Lakers could have got that seven seed somehow, or they I guess the the eight seed. I mean, if LeBron uh, was healthy, and yeah, that could have been uh, could have made the playoffs. Yeah, without a doubt. Out in the East, you had the Magic at seven, the Pistons at eight, and then you got the Hornets and the Heat. That's much less 10. enticing. Though. <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> is. That's not <laughs> the entertaining as hell tournament. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> you got the Charlotte Hornets in there. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Actually, hey, UConn Kemba would come out. You know, he would because be he's fun. in a tournament again. Yeah, yeah. The 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 do or die games would be so, so much fun. Yeah. Um, you had me until the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give this one a B, um, but you know what the real winner is? Mm-hmm. All three changes. 
Yeah, just the idea of a of, of a fairly substantial shakeup. Like like elections, this needs a complete reform. Hit throw everything against the wall. Okay, so my question to you would be: Would these three things be enough in your mind? Because I think where I sit right now, and I don't mean to give you my take before yours, is that do. if you're going to make these big changes, make them big changes, right? Like I feel like the idea of doing just 78 games, like bring it, bring it all the way back. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna dramatically change how the NBA is run from October to June. And you're probably going to make this one big change once. Why don't you go all in? And it's probably just because of the owners and they're worried about gate money. Part of the issue with this is, one, uh, it's a collective bargaining agreement. You have billionaires on one side and you have the top of the NBA on the other side. The top of the NBA on the other side, the NBA Players Association, has traditionally screwed mid and lower tier contracts. Yes. Um, So... I think what benefits the top of the league is the most enticing. And the most enticing to the top of the league is more rest time. The easiest change would be implementing the 72-ish game schedule that we were talking about in option number one. I think 72 is the minimum of how low they should go. Yes, anything more than that, and you're going to be kind of messing with the history books more than people want you to. Um, But imagine, like, look at the numbers that James Harden is pushing out right now. And you talk about James Harden being a failure in the playoffs. Uh, the only real thing I can see about James Harden failing is in the playoffs is that he ran out of gas. Because um, James Harden is still a phenomenal player. Obviously, he had bad games. But we've seen it with LeBron. We've seen it with uh, James Harden. We've seen it with players who like push as much as they can. Steph Curry. Um, and then they get puckered out. In it's the, a long season. Yeah. And if you could find a way to entice billionaires by making up money elsewhere and the top of the NBA for the NBA Players Association to realize that this will give us more time to plan and rest and essentially work less for the same amount of money, they'd be all in. Yeah. It's about actually making that change now. Yeah. So I'm sure there's tons of studies going on right now uh, behind the NBA. They're trying to figure that out, where the money's going to come from, because it definitely seems like Adam Silver is wanting to progress this league into this future and get rid of load management, make the games mean more. I mean, one of the most obvious things, and it might be a weird-sounding statement, but the NFL continues to make much more money than the NBA and teams play 16 games. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they play 16 games in, instead of 82, right? So do they have much bigger stadiums and they're making more money at gate? Absolutely. Yes. But we should play basketball in football. Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. go. Remember when they did that for, I think it was the 2010 All-Star game in the brand new Dallas stadium where they had like 120,000 people there? And you saw that giant ass TV. Yeah. Just like, is this real? It just made them look like ants down low. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but when you when you compare the 16 games to, say, something like 58, which I think me and you both agree is a, is a great-sounding number when you get the home-and-home home against every team, maybe there's something there. But, yeah, I just don't want them to do any half measures, and maybe it's dipping their toe in the water, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not at the boardroom. I'm not talking to these owners. Oh, so. really? <laughs> you thought it was? 
I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, anyone who knows. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, are there any changes that have come to mind uh, to you, like during this conversation, that you'd like to see while, say, these big changes happen? And they're talking about this is. I should have led with this at the top, but they're they're planning on making these as early as the twenty one twenty two season. So that's two seasons from now to celebrate the years, or sorry, the NBA's seventy fifth anniversary. So. With all that being said, there's three major changes that we've talked about. Are there anything else that's kind of looming that you would be interested in seeing, whether it's like five games opening around again, top seed in the playoffs gets the pick their opening guy. Um, Those get, are can, both great ideas. Can completely get rid of divisions and, and conferences. One to 16 best teams get the playoffs. What, what are the most important changes that you would like to see if uh, the big uh, 75th reunion is a big change? All of those are really good ideas. One Thank of you. one of the ones uh, brought up more recently was uh, making every three point shot foul just two free throws. Right. Oh, how about all foul shots are just one? You make it, you get two or three points, and if you miss, you get none. I think that eliminates the one point aspect of basketball. And I don't know if I'm ready for that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a strong take. But if you eliminate the three point foul shot, one, it's gonna sit. It's gonna cut ten to twenty seconds off your broadcast time. Huge. Valuable. Yes. Because um, the, pro- the product is too long. Yeah, and it's funny <laughs> you say that because it's one of the shortest major games. Yes. And video replay reviews. Ah, yeah. Uh tough. Yeah. Uh, one, referees are human, and they're sensitive to when they get things wrong. Uh, two, um, video replay has so many rules, and there's so much legalese in the language of impeding or being directly a part of the play that it doesn't make video replay useful as it should be. So also it takes four minutes Ugh. to review one thing. It's it's so bad sitting on your couch. I can't even imagine what it's like in an arena. And staring at these referees who are staring at a screen that just says NBA replay center. <laughs> you know exactly you've seen it. You're laughing because you've seen it. That's the problem. <laughs> They're not even watching a live monitor. And then you see one of them kind of like shrug like what the, what the fuck is going on, man? Um, so that's that's awful television. I love basketball. I love the NBA. That's awful television. So uh, my biggest qualm is with the product of viewing and, and video replay. Everything you said is a nice fundamental change to the sport and how the uh, how the teams plan out or you know changes in that regard. I'm I'm just answering as a viewer, right? So, um, yeah, there's lots that could be changed in the league, and it's good that they're just discussing it at least. Oh, yeah, and it seems like it, I mean, this report in itself made it seem much realer than I ever had in my mind coming into this week. Um, but when the two biggest NBA reporters in the world drop a big story like this, it seems like it's really kind of happening. These conversations are happening behind closed doors. I would also love to see, and this might actually line up with what they were proposing anyways, uh, uh, getting rid of the um, the draft eligibility as far as age goes and letting the high school kids graduate and, and come right into the NBA. I think a, a lot of people would love to see that completely by, bypass the NCAA. And uh, the G League, I mean, I think they're pretty dang close to having one-to-one ratio for every team having a G League team. I would just like them to incorporate the G League more somehow. I love the two-way contracts. I think that's a great example of like making these guys more of 
they're more important prospects when you see them come up to the NBA and come down kind of thing. The Raptors are a phenomenal example of that, where they have three guys on their team that just balled out in the G League for a couple of years, and now they're killing it. Market inefficiencies. Oh, baby. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but even having, like, say, what if there's, like, a G League All-Star game um, during, like, the actually All-Star weekend or something like that, right? Do they do that already? That's funny. <laughs> they, <laughs> they might actually sure do that. They do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, especially, man, imagine if there's high school kids or kids like that are 19 in the G League balling Like the McDonald's or the Adidas ABCD camp, just invite all the yes, studs. Yes, yes. Let them rage, man. Yeah, yeah. show up. Um, but, hey, I, I love Adam Silver. I mean, he's been objectively great for this league. Yeah. And uh, him having these conversations and wanting to push the league forward in this 21st century, I think we're all for. Uh, it's just it's exciting to think about what these changes could be, you know, because yes. like it's I, I think a great example is the three point line, like before and after it, like it completely changed the league and things like that. Maybe the Silver Cup does the same thing or these play ins or whatever it may be. But uh, I mean, it's not like the NBA stale, but man, I mean, there's room to be even more exciting for sure. And that's all we could ask for. Hey, that's all we can ask for. Man, we went a little long. Lots to talk about. Definitely lots, lots to, to talk, talk about. about. If, you, uh, if you've stuck it through, thank you so much. Yeah, shout-outs to you. Shoot, shoot us a message somehow. Let us know, even though we don't really have any social activity right now. Let us know. Social media sucks, man. Holler at your boys. Yes, but regardless, thank you uh, for uh, sticking around. If you have listened this long, we love you very much. We enjoy doing this, and we enjoy having you listen. We'll be back next week. I know there's going to be some holiday changes down the pipe, but I'm almost positive we will be here next week for our live episode on 101.5 UMFM and the podcast special in the studio right afterwards that you're listening to right now. Enjoy the rest of the week. Weird NBA week with uh, with Thanksgiving coming uh, down the pipe for uh, Thanksgiving. So lots of games on a, on a few nights, including this Monday. So enjoy the basketball, and we'll see you next week.